Good morning. Are kids ready this morning? You guys ready? Yeah? You're all primed? Very good. So uh, Eric's somewhere and I'm here. So we're going to go through this morning's catechism. We are going to review question 41 and we're going to um, be learning about question 42. Um, last week, we were covering the Lord's Prayer, right? You guys remember that? Huh? Yeah? Yeah? So question 41, we're going to recite this together just to refresh all of our memories. I know you guys um, are ready and chomping at the bit to uh, recite this, so you already know this, but we're going to go over it all together, okay? What is the Lord's Prayer? Let's read this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Very good. So, what happens next? I forget. Yeah, look, they're already chomping at the bit. So for those that can recite this, there's gum. If, if you want. If you don't want gum, you don't have to have gum, okay? What kind of gum? We have Wrigley's gum. We got four different kinds, but I'm not going to, I'll just give you whatever I give you. There's so many of you don't know where to start. I'm going to start right there. Ah, well, we can talk afterwards. We can talk about gum. Okay, the Lord's Prayer. So this, this prayer was a model that Christ gave his disciples to pray. And you guys recited it very well. Um, the next question doesn't necessarily directly relate to the Lord's Prayer, but it, the Lord's Prayer basically is from where? It's from the Bible, right? Okay, and so basically God's word, the Bible, basically speaks to us. And we're going to look this morning at the question, how does the word of God, how is the word of God to be read and to be heard? And let's recite this together with diligence, preparation, and prayer so that we may accept it with faith, store it in our hearts, and practice it in our lives. So... Regarding the Word of God, when we read the Word of God, I think each of us needs to ask ourselves um, a couple of key questions. These are questions I need to ask myself, and each of you should ask yourself, right? How do you read the Word of God? How do you read the Word of God, right? How do I read the Word of God? Um, do you hear the Word of God? When you're listening to the Word of God preached, do you hear it? And when, the word, um, Eric, when Eric preaches the Word of God, when our pastor today is going to preach the word of God, um, how do I hear it? Does it, does it bounce off like uh, rain off of concrete? Or does it sink in like, like rain into soil? Um, we're going to look this morning at, at the question of, do you, do I take the, God, the word of God for granted? Um, and, and do we really, as this uh, statement on the bottom really shows it, do we look at God's word? Do we consider God's word? Do we look at God's word with diligence, with preparation, and with prayer 
so that we may accept it in faith, store it in our hearts, and practice it in our lives. So there was a couple of, when you think about basically how we ought to act as a Christian and believe as a Christian or behave as a Christian, there's some, um, it's frequently effective to follow others that lead us by their example. And I can think of no other uh, greater leader from the 18th century, 19th century, yeah, than um, Charles Hatton Spurgeon. And Spurgeon, speaking on a, a, a verse very similar to this, specifically Psalm 1911, which reads, Moreover by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Um, and speaking on this verse back in 1890, um, Spurgeon drove home the same point and the same need to be diligent regarding the study of God's word and makes it very personal by using the imagery of the sun. And Spurgeon said, the psalmist in this psalm has compared the word of God to the sun. The sun in the heavens is everything to the natural word, world, and the word of God in the heart is everything in the spiritual world. The world will be dark and dead and fruitless without the sun. And, and where would the mind of the Christian be without the illuminating influence of the word of God? Spurgeon said, if you despise the Holy Scripture, you are like the one that despises the sun. It would seem to you that you are blind, yet worse than blind, for even though those without sight enjoy the warmth of the sun, how depraved you are if you cannot perceive the heavenly luster about the book of God. The word of the Lord makes our day. It makes our spring. It makes our summer. It prepares and ripens all our fruit. Without the word of God, we would be in the outer darkness of spiritual depth. I have not time this morning to sum up the blessings which are showered upon us, though through the sun's light and other influences. So it is of the perfect law of the Lord when it comes in the power of the Spirit of God upon the soul, and it brings new unnumbered blessings, blessings more than we ourselves are able to discern. So Spurgeon drives this point home of the value of the Word of God by comparing it to the sun and all the good things that the sun does here on the planet of Earth. And you can see in spring, everything's kind of bursting into life, and, and that's through the sun. In the same way, this, the, the Word of God yields fruit and generates uh, life in our lives. The, um, there was a uh, commentary in the Catechism Online, or if you guys have the book as well too, and um, it's by uh, Kevin DeYoung. And if any of you have ever read Kevin DeYoung, he's the kind of author you can read. You can open up his book and read one page and go, oh, wow. This, this one is deep, but two, it really makes sense and it's accessible. And I did try basically to relate the uh, um, DeYoung's word in a way that actually made a bit more sense to everybody. But as tried as I might, I really couldn't take DeYoung's writing and, and make it any better. So I'd like to read longer than I normally would. I mean, to read to a group is kind of like, it's a foul paw. I mean, in teaching, right? Drives me crazy sometimes. But, but DeYoung's words are so appropriate here, I think really can't improve upon them at all. Uh, DeYoung, sharing on the verse from 2 Timothy 3.16 to 17, which reads, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped, and for, 
for every good work. Uh, De Young draws home much the same points that we saw here. The Bible, this Bible is not just another book. And so we are to approach it in a unique way. The Bible is God-breathed. All scripture is breathed out by God. It is inspired. This does not mean that the Bible is merely inspiring. Yes, it is inspiring. But whether anybody in the world is inspired by the Bible, the Bible is still inspirational, inspired, the breath of God in itself. It is God's word to us. It is God exhaling, God opening his most hallowed lips and speaking to us. So this word is God's word, and this word is exactly what God has wanted to be written down in his holy scriptures. What does this mean? This means we ought to approach the scripture with a special reverence and with special care. We come to the Bible very carefully. We want to be diligent. We want to be prepared. We want to take it seriously. Also, we come to this book with a special reverence because God is speaking to us in this book. One of the ways to think of submitting to the word is that we stop telling God what to do. Have any of you guys ever wanted to tell God how it should be? Um, my wife and I were talking to a woman. We were walking our dog through the parking lot of Fremont Church last Sunday afternoon and ran into a, um, a woman who I knew from the uh, assisted living care house where my mom was at for a number of years. And my mom was there and her husband was there and her husband was a bit older than her, than, than her actually. And, and he passed away um, a few years ago. And um, this woman was like, so Fremont... They're a solid church. They teach the sovereignty of God. And um, we were talking to her about some different things, and she goes, oh, well, God got that one right, right? And she was, she was upset because she said she just wanted to be with her husband. And she was implying that basically that, um, that God got this right, but he got this wrong. And I think we need to really be very careful when we're, when we're telling God that, that he got, thing, got something wrong, right? We come to the Bible carefully. We need to be diligent. We need to take it seriously, because God is speaking to us. We may um, not agree with the word, but it's God's word, and we need to basically hang on to that and submit to that word and stop telling God what it is to do. Spurgeon goes on, I'm sorry, DeYoung goes on and says, a theologian once said that to be a Christian means you put your hand over your mouth and are silent, right? And that's almost what I wanted to do to this, this, this um, saint, right? I mean, she's struggling, and so I've never had a spouse die, right? God take a spouse um, before me. But, and and I, so I've got a hard time relating to that. But on the other hand, I was almost like, whoa, don't say that. There's going to be lightning out of the sky when we begin to tell God how to do things. We need to put, at times, our hand over our mouth and be silent. This doesn't mean that we, are, that we can't ever cry out to God. Certainly the Psalms are full of that. But it means that we approach Scripture with reverence, waiting to hear from God, submitting ourselves fully to the word of God. De Young wraps up with a couple short paragraphs. When we come to the Bible, our aim is not, not, just not information, right? We just don't want like information in our head. So what? What good is that, right? You know, take a test, right? Who cares, right? If it's just knowledge stored up in your head, if you don't apply it, then what good is it? The Bible is never less than information, but and we're not against information, but God uses that. But it's more than just information we're trying to get from the Bible. What do we want? We want faith. That's what God wants for us, to accept the word with faith, with a real delight and a desire for it, a dependence upon it. 
When we embrace God's word with faith, we store it up in our hearts. And then finally, we put feet to it. We practice it. Did Jesus say, if you love me, you will have a tingling sensation in your heart? No. No, he didn't say that at all. That's wonderful. But what he actually said is, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So if we are serious about loving God, we must be very serious about obeying God and obeying his word to us. Jesus wants us to have more than head knowledge. The aim is to be transformed, to have our lives changed by God's word, to embrace it in faith and to worship at his feet. Really, in its simplest form, we ought to come to the word of God with the same sort of attitude with which we come to God himself. If God spoke to you, which he does in his scriptures, how would we approach him? Well, I think we'd listen carefully. We would listen diligently. We would listen submissively. And we would listen expectantly. And we listen with an, an aim to love and to obey. That is the writing of Kevin DeYoung. So let's recite chap question 42 again and next week. You guys will have that to recite. So let's uh, recite the question. How is the word of God to be read and heard? With diligence, preparation, and prayer so that we may accept it with faith, store it in our hearts, and practice it with our lives. And for the younger kids, it's a little bit shorter. It's the words in yellow with diligence, preparation, and prayer so that we may accept it with faith and practice it in our lives. At the beginning of the catechism, um, I raised those questions, right? How do I read the Word of God? How do I hear the Word of God? Or from another angle, do I take the Word of God for granted? Do I give it the honor and reverence and respect that it's truly due? Um, looking at what um, Spurgeon shared and Kevin DeYoung shared, looking at just if we're halfway realistic at all about this, I think we could all confess that basically we do not give God's word the reverence that it's, that it's truly due. And um, so the message here is not, I need, to, I need to like sit down and strive harder to love God and love God's word more fully. Because we got gospel on one hand and religion on the other. Religion basically is our work climbing the ladder to try to achieve what God wants for us, right? Can we really achieve what God wants for us here? Can we, follow, can we truly love God and love his word as we, as we ought, right? Under our own strength. Can we, uh, right, right? Titus is showing me his muscle, right? Can we, can we work our way to loving God more fully? Now, the gospel says that we are made like God, not through our own strength, but through our weakness. And in our weakness, we look at ourselves, we look at where we're at, we look at the trials around us, we go, I can't do it. I, I know what I'm called to do, and I can't do it. And so what do we do? We pray. And so when we look at the Psalms, Psalm 119.73 says, Your hands made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. In Psalm 119, verse, 20, chapter, verse 27, the psalmist cries out in the same way. Make me understanding of your precepts so that I will meditate on your wonders. And, and uh, verse 169 of Psalm 119 reads as well, Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. 
We're not alone in our struggle. We're not alone in this weakness. It's not up to us to, to do physical weightlifting exercises. There's not a Chris fit for uh, spiritual fullness, right? Right? It, it's, it's through our Heavenly Father. It's as our Heavenly Father, our Creator, He desires us to more fully understand and appreciate His Word. And we can find help in our time of need as we cry out in prayer. So let's close out this morning's session in prayer. Heavenly Father, please forgive us for taking your word for granted. Please forgive us for not giving your holy word the full respect, honor, reverence that it is due. By your grace, through your power, through your love, we pray that you would give us ears to diligently listen to your word. Give us hearts. Give our hearts, Lord, a deeper love for the truth found in your word. And finally, Lord, cause us to put feet to our faith in our daily lives. As we better understand your gospel, as we better understand our need, as we better understand, Lord, our weakness and inability, and as we better understand your gracious provision for each of us and your love for your children, may we find peace, a greater love for our neighbors, and an increasing desire to praise and to worship you, our creator, our savior, and our great God. Amen.